Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, have a good day, all right, bud? Dave Buchanan. Keselowski now practically coasting down the front stretch. It's the Credit One Bank lap to go. Here comes Carl Edwards to his outside. He'll try to make the pass going into turn one on the last lap. Keselowski moved to the top to block. Here comes Edwards. He's cut racing room up top, but Keselowski back in the throttle off two. Brad Keselowski saved enough fuel to fund off and maybe fight cousin Carl Edwards. Here comes Keselowski for the last time of the day. Both cars at the bottom of the racetrack. Keselowski stands back up on the throttle, gives it all he's got off four. As they exit turn number four, Brad Keselowski trying to hold on. He's had the fastest car at the end. He also had just enough fuel to beat Carl Edwards. And Brad Keselowski has won for the third time in six tries here at Kentucky. Good morning, race fans. 11.03 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening as always. And that's how you heard it right here on WGR last night as the Performance Racing Network broadcasters, including Mark Garrow, Doug Rice, and Pat Patterson, among others, called Brad Keselowski's win in the Quaker State 400 last night at the Kentucky Speedway. Keselowski's fourth win of the season and his third win uh, in the last six years there at the Kentucky Speedway. He's won in 2012, 2014, and now 2016. And he had just enough fuel left in the tank to cross the finish line, and then that was about it because it needed to get pushed to victory lane. That's how little fuel was left in the Penske Racing 2 car for Brad as he gets win number four here in 2016. Good morning once again. Great show lined up for you here on this gorgeous Sunday morning. It's been a hot and hazy and humid week here in western New York, but the uh, cold front that brought some rain last night moved through, and it is just simply gorgeous out today. And I hope you spend the next uh, 56 minutes with us here on WGR. Coming up on today's program, great show. Uh, In about 10 minutes or so, we're going to head out to the Iowa Speedway and talk to current IndyCar Series points leader Simon Pagino is going to join us live from Iowa uh, they're in action today at the Iowa Speedway, the short track there in Newton, Iowa. That's coming up at uh, 5.30 today on NBCSN. More importantly, Pagano and the rest of the IndyCar stars are headed in our direction next weekend for next Sunday's Honda Indy Toronto at the uh, CNE, the uh, the exhibition center up there in Toronto where they run on the street course, uh, making their return in their traditional July weekend for the IndyCar Series up north. So we'll talk to Simon Pagino about that. Great to get a high-profile driver like that live on a race morning. So really excited to talk to the Penske Racing driver, Simon Pagino, who will also be on the pole for today's race at the Iowa Speedway. The 500th career pole for Penske Racing, by the way. That is a lot of pole positions for the captain, Roger Penske. Also coming up on today's program at the bottom of the hour, 
tell you what, someone who's had a really good week, well, that would be Stuart Friesen from the Super Dirt Car Series and uh, native of Niagara on the Lake Ontario. Stuart won three races in a row this week at three different racetracks in two different series, uh, starting Tuesday at the Accord Speedway and then moving on Wednesday to the Albany Saratoga Speedway and then on Thursday at the Mohawk Raceway. He went three in a row, including two Super Dirt Car Series wins. And uh, what a great week for Stu. So we're going to talk to him. He's also got a big event coming up on his schedule later on this month as, of course, the truck race at Eldora is coming up on July 20th. And not only is that big for the truck series, but also the Super Dirt Car Modifieds are going to be at Eldora for the event there, too. They're going to be racing two days. They're going to be running the night before truck the truck race, and they're also going to be a support class with the trucks at Eldora, a big uh, showcase for the Super Dirt Car Series. Stewart will be there, of course, driving his big block modified, but also... His, team, his Hallmar Racing team has also purchased a truck, and Stewart is going to attempt to qualify for the dirt race at Eldora, trying to make his uh, NASCAR Camper World Truck Series debut on the dirt at Eldora. So we'll talk to Stuart Friesen about that uh, at the bottom of the hour. But right now, phone lines are open for you at 803-0551, 888-552-550. Uh, anything going on in the world of motorsports, including last night's race at Kentucky, or anything else you want to talk about, uh, now is the best chance to get in here this morning. You can also tweet us at Fast Track 550. We're also on Facebook, too. Facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track. As Bad Brad got the win last night, again, just enough in the tank. He was trying to coast there right at the end, but Edwards caught him, and Brad had to go hammer down for that last lap, and there was just enough drops in the tank for Brad to get the win. Kozlowski win fourth of the year, as I said. Carl Edwards finished second. Ryan Newman, a solid day, finishing third last night. Uh, Kurt Busch fourth. Tony Stewart, a good day, uh, coming in the top five and uh, uh, solid continues to solidify himself in the top 30 in NASCAR points. Greg Biffle, one of his best runs of the year, finishing sixth. Jamie McMurray gained some important ground in the chase standings with a seven-place run last night. Kenseth was eighth. Kevin Harvick led a lot of the race. In fact, he led 120 laps more than any any other driver, but he uh, fell back late in the race and had to settle for ninth. And also, Martin Truex was also very dominant. He and Harvick kind of dominated the first half of the race. Uh, he led 46 laps, but he had a pit road penalty uh, for passing on, on pit road. You cannot pass to the inside, apparently. He got caught for that. He wound up finishing in the top 10, though. Kyle Busch also had some time up front, but he had to settle for 12th. Dale Jr. finished 13th last night. Casey Kane was 14th, Denny Hamlin was 15th, uh, and then a couple guys had some trouble last night with some crashes as uh, Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney, they got together, were involved in an incident, uh, Elliott had to settle for a 31st place finish, Blaney 35th, and Jimmy Johnson also crashing out of the race last night, he had to settle for a 32nd place finish. As kind of the f first half, first third of that race last night, and of course it was the repaved Kentucky Speedway. Gone is the bumpy surface that we had seen in the past. Last night it was smooth. Um, brand new, freshly repaved surface. They also added some banking over in turns one and two. So it was a whole new ball game for NASCAR as they came to the Kentucky Speedway last night. And the first first half, first third of the race, a lot of spin outs, a lot of guys getting into the wall and stuff. And that kind of had to do with the tire that Goodyear brought to the race last night. They had tested a tire leading up to the Kentucky date, but they had some issues with blistering. So they came back and they brought a very much harder tire compound. And I know Tony Stewart sounded off about that last night, referring to them as hockey pucks. Um, 
but a, a very hard tire compound, so I think that really provided a challenge, especially on the restarts last night. You saw a lot of cautions happen in succession there towards the, the one-third mark of the race last night. And then the final you know, 67 laps was a long green flag run that turned into a fuel strategy race right to the finish. A lot of guys came down pit road, but Keselowski was somehow able to uh, stretch it out last night and get, again, just enough fuel out of the tank to uh, pick up his fourth win of the year. And now Brad uh, has the series lead in wins. Keselowski has now surpassed Kyle Busch. You know, the f- f- we're at that official halfway point of the season, uh, 18 races in, of the 36 race season and just eight left here in the regular season, as we like to call it. But the momentum in this series has obviously turned a little bit. We started the first half of the races we've run so far this year, first two thirds of the season so far, it's been the Joe Gibbs story and how it looked like this is going to be a Kyle Busch repeat. Potentially he might be able to, you know, go back to back with his championships this year, if he could figure out the chase, but he uh, he, and the rest of the Gibbs cars have been certainly dominant during the uh, opening stages of this season. But since then, Kyle has stacked up some DNS, and the other Gibbs cars have you know had some success here and there. But all of a sudden, uh, the field is kind of catching back up to the JGR cars, especially the Penske cars. Keselowski's now got back-to-back wins with last week at Daytona and uh, last night in Kentucky. So Keselowski now, who's up to second in points, four behind Harvick. You know, although we, yeah, we do talk about. Uh, JGR's dominance and now the emergence of Penske. It seems Harvick is once again just being very consistent, and uh, you know he's racking up the f- finishes at the front of the field. But uh, he is uh, leading and he's leading the points. But right now it seems like the Penske cars uh, really have the momentum in the series. And Keselowski, could this be a year for Brad to win his second championship? I thought Brad was going to win the title two years ago, and of course that was the. The first round of the ch- uh, fir- first year of uh, the current chase format, so we didn't really know what to expect once we got into the chase. But leading into that last uh, that first uh, playoff year in the chase two years ago in 2014, I thought that was going to be Brad's year to get his uh, second championship. It wind up not being the case. But th- could this be uh, another year for Brad Keselowski to get his second championship? And love to hear your thoughts on that at eight oh three oh five fifty one. 888-550-2550. But once again, Keselowski now has, has gotten hot here with back-to-back wins. Could he continue to ride this momentum into the second half of the full schedule and through the rest of the chase here, and uh, or through the regular season heading into the chase, and make a bid for a second championship? Right now, he is looking uh, like he is ramping up for a potential second championship run, and uh, I know that would be huge for him. But uh, he has been very impressive here the last couple of weeks. Uh, at the beginning of the year, as, we, you know, we said, as I said, talked about Kyle Busch potentially going for a repeat. But right now, it looks like the momentum is with Keselowski. Obviously, you've got the, the the Stuart Haas cars, though, of Harvick, as I mentioned. And Kurt Busch, too, who you know quietly has taken over the, the series lead with top 10s. He actually has more top 10 finishes than any other driver this year now with 15. One more than uh, Kevin Harvick does and three more than uh, Brad Keselowski does. So they're right up there as well, too. But right now, I think uh, Brad Keselowski certainly making a statement for a second career championship this year with the back-to-back wins. And uh, he and Paul Wolf apparently have a hit on something here uh, in in as we uh, get to the halfway point of the season. Uh, Harvick leads the points. Keselowski's four back. Bush is third. Carl Edwards has kind of taken over with, with Kyle Bush's struggles. You know, we talked, as I said, the four DNS for Kyle, although he, um, you know, has fared well the last couple of weeks. Edwards is still the leader of the JGR cars and the points. Again, Carl, you know, he uh, 
I thought he was going to win it last year going into the chase. Uh, Edwards was my dark horse kind of last year to win the championship, but he is continuing to lead the JGR charge right now, at least in the point standings. And then you got Logano in there and Bush and Martin Truex, who once again is you know, having a great season. He's got that win, and it's another case. Kind of last night, both he and, he and Harvick, there was quintessential Harvick and, and Truex last night where they dominate early, but it doesn't translate to a, a win uh, for either of those guys, but that's kind of been the story for the four and the seventy-eight the last couple of years is being the dominant cars for most or almost all of a race, but not getting the finish in the end. But Truex is right there, uh, seventh in the standings, and then you got Chase Elliott who continues to impress, although he had that run in last night with Ryan Blaney, eighth in the standings, still looking for his first career win, but he is continues to be the uh, highest ranking driver in the standings without a win yet this season in the Cup Series, which continues to be impressive and maybe even more impressive, although his teammate is just eight points behind him, is he is the highest ranking Hendrick driver in the point standings. And that continues to amaze me that uh, with all the talent in the Hendrick Motorsports organization, with the, some of the, the struggles or lack of, of strong finishes that that team has had, uh, that he is the highest-ranking Hendrick driver in the standings. Again, just eight back of Jimmy Johnson after last night. But uh, you know, Chase is right there, eighth in the standings, and he is almost, I think, a shoe-in, really, to, to make the chase, although he doesn't have a win. I think if things continue to play, if he continues to run as well as he had has so far this season, uh, you know, Chase should make the, the chase. Pre- <laughs> chase should make the chase pretty easily with uh, just on points as uh, he's got a real safe buffer right now um, compared to some of the other guys that are uh, winless so far in 2016 and are trying to make the chase on points. And, and one of those guys is his teammate Diller Hunter Jr., who also, you know, along with Kyle Busch, also has four DNFs this year. And unfortunately for Junior, just doesn't have the wins to kind of cancel out the DNS, and that's why he's back in 13th. Um, still, though, you know, safe for making it into the chase as it stands right now, but if uh, Junior has some struggles here in these final eight races, he could be fighting for his chase life come September if he does not uh, pick up a win here before the end of the regular season. Again, 803-0551-888-550-2550. Well, coming up tonight... On uh, NBCSN, it will be the uh, Verizon IndyCar Series there in action at the Iowa Speedway. And next weekend, they're at the uh, road course up in Toronto for the Honda Indy Toronto. And one of the drivers that will be in the field for both races joins us on the line right now on the AT&T Hotline. Current IndyCar Series points leader and pole sitter for today's race at Iowa, Simon Pagano joins us on the line. Simon, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Great to talk to you. Hey, Dave. Good to talk to you, too. Thank you. Uh, first off, just congrats on a, a big accomplishment for you and your, your Penske Racing teammates. You got the pole today at Iowa and the 500th pole for Penske Racing. What an accomplishment that is. I'm sure that's got to give you some pride that you were able to get the uh, the organization's 500th pole. Uh, it's amazing when you think about that number uh, and the number of years uh, Tim Penske has been around. You know, this is our 50-year anniversary. And uh, when you think about the amount of races they've, they've been through and, and and 500 pole position. I mean, I'm I'm just super super excited to be that guy bringing the the 500 one. But um, you know, it's it's an incredible team, and uh, couldn't be more proud to be part of it. Just adds to what has already been an amazing year for you, Simon. Three wins, uh, leading the IndyCar point standings as of right now. Can you believe? Uh, back when this season started, that you were going to have, uh, even though we're only maybe part of the way through the year, that you'd think you'd accomplish so much this season in the IndyCar series. 
Well, that's the goal, you know. You, I'm a competitor, and uh, <laughs> you do this to win. I don't, I don't do this to be fifth or sixth. But um, mm-hmm. you know, it's about potential. Did you, you believe in your potential? Uh, and, and I knew uh, Tim Penske had the potential to to get me at this level. So, um, you know, I, it was just a matter of time for us to get uh, acclimated to each other uh, last year, and uh, and I knew it could really kick off really well this year. But it certainly. Um, Happened quicker than expected, and, and in a very uh, very strong way as well. So um, it's super exciting. You know, when you have a, a moment in your career like that, it's very special. Definitely. Well, you got today's race at Iowa, which again, uh, five o'clock. That is on NBCSN to watch the Iowa Corn uh, 300 for the Verizon IndyCar Series. Simon, a much different racetrack than uh, some of the others you've won at this year. A, a less than a mile oval there in Newton, Iowa. What do you think of, of racing on such a short track like this? I love it, actually. It's, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's uh, definitely the shortest oval we go to with mm-hmm. the banking. Uh, the track is bumpy, which makes it uh, very challenging on the, on the drivers and, and on the cars. Um, <clears throat> there's two lanes. You can run uh, low, you can run high. So there's good opportunity for passing. And uh, I think the racing is going to be amazing. So um, I'm quite excited for the race today. We The Minard's car is, uh, has been really good this weekend with us. We've we got the position, like you said. And I think we're going to be strong in the race. Um, you know, there's 300 laps in mm-hmm. physical, so uh, anything can happen, and that's the beauty of, uh, of the Verizon IndyCar racing. How much physically is this a demanding race for you? Because you don't have a lot of off time. You know, the turns probably come up so quickly. You guys are going so fast. You probably don't get a lot of time to maybe just sit still for a minute and not have to be cranking that wheel to the left. Absolutely. Uh, the lap is 17 seconds. Wow. <laughs> so that's one lap, and, and you're averaging uh, 185 miles an hour. So the, the G-forces is about 5.5 Gs, so that's 5.5 times the, the weight of your body. Yeah. Uh, constantly pushed, uh, pushed to the right side, and the steering wheel, we don't have power steering on these cars, mm-hmm. so the steering wheel is very heavy. Uh, it's definitely a lifting contest, I tell you, <laughs> during those, uh, those two hours of racing, but... Uh, it's very rewarding when you do well. Is there a, a spif- sp- excuse me, specific place on the racetrack that you can use the push-to-pass feature, or is that harder to do on a shorter track like this? No, uh, we don't have this feature on the oval. We oh, okay. We it on the, on the road course and street course, uh, but it's a great, great comment. We, uh, some of us would love to have it on the oval as well. <laughs> but um, I tell you, I mean, you'll see, there will be a lot of passes today. Uh, I don't think we need it. Well, we hope you have a great day at, at Iowa. Of course, after you're done today at Iowa, you'll be closer to where we are here in Buffalo next weekend for the Honda Indy Toronto up uh, at the CNE and the streets of Toronto. Uh, where does that track rank on your list of favorite tracks in the IndyCar series? Yeah, you know, street circuit is definitely one uh, one of my favorite uh, things. I would say it's my specialty coming from Europe uh, mm-hmm. initially. So um, last year we, uh, we missed the pole by very little. Uh, we, we were running strong in the race. Um, so it's a track that I really enjoy. It's a city that I love. Um, you know, I love I love restaurants. <laughs> uh, so when you go in Toronto on Main Street, you, you can have a good time there. Um, so uh, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to go back. Uh, it's always a good event. You know, the Canadian people are very excited about uh, about the IndyCar. So um, so I can't wait to get there for sure. It should be a, a really good event again. Do you do you plan your your weekend? Do you do you book reservations or, or what? Do you, how do you set up your weekend to, to go to your favorite restaurants when you visit a city like Toronto? Yeah, I try to always stay at the same hotel. Uh, to that one, I don't take my bus, so, uh, so I try to stay at the same hotel, the closest one to uh, to the restaurants I like. 
Mm. Then, uh, then we make reservation during the day before. So, uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's uh, that's something we like to do. With my engineer, for example, we're going to go to the to a restaurant. We already planned on it uh, on Thursday, so uh, that should be a good time. Well, of course, next weekend will be great in Toronto with the Honda Indy Toronto. And then later on this year, you'll be kind of right in our backyard as well, too, as it was just added to the schedule a, a couple of months ago. And that is a return to Watkins Glen International. Uh, I know you guys have already done some testing out there. How excited are you to uh, race the Glen uh, Labor Day weekend on that uh, freshly repaved road course? Yeah, I'm very, very excited about this because, you know, with Road America, this is a great addition to the schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two tracks are such classic uh, in America, and uh, you know that you can't you can't not have uh, those tracks on the schedule. So, um, you know, looking how um, how incredible Road America we was and, and the crowd that showed up, I think it would be very similar at Watkins Glen. So the track is unbelievable. I've never been there. It, it's probably the fastest road course we go to. So um, it, it's going to be very challenging. Um, you know, it's beautiful out there, so uh, so I look forward to, to go and, and have a good time, and hopefully, uh, you know, by that time, hopefully we can clinch the championship. <laughs> I know uh, Elio was at the test. I can't remember if you were at the test, but what did uh, the Penske folks learn with the test that you guys had there a couple of weeks ago? Well, what's interesting is when you go to a new track is uh, is to see the grip level that you find on the new uh, asphalt mm-hmm. bumps on the track, which there is none. Uh, how much curb can you use and... and and what kind of downforce uh, you need to have to be fast on the straight or faster in the corners. Uh, so that's, um, that's the kind of combination we try to understand. So when we come back, we're ready. Simon, last thing before we let you go, uh, your Penske racing colleague, Brad Keselowski, got a win last night in NASCAR. Uh, how much, uh, not, not that it has a lot of pressure, but I'm sure it's got a, somewhere at the back of your mind, you, you know, the NASCAR guys get a win. I'm sure you'd like to also get a win for Mr. Penske as well, too, and give uh, the, the team a, a sweep this weekend. Oh, absolutely, you know, but every race as you go to, you want to win. So, yeah. uh, so Pride is having a, a great time right now, two wins in a row. Um, it's great to see the NASCAR boys doing so well. Uh, they always do, and uh, it's uh, it's a great, um, you know, it, it really is good for the group. You know, the IndyCar wins, NASCAR guys want to win, and, and vice versa. So um, I just talked to some of the NASCAR guys last week, and uh, and they were hoping they were going to get as much luck as we do on the on IndyCar. So uh, I'm very happy to see it happen. Um, certainly, I want to be uh, I want to be winning again today. So uh, we'll try to do that with my teammates. Very good. We wish you the best of luck today at Iowa and also next weekend up in Toronto for the Honda Indy Toronto. Simon, thank you so much. I know race mornings are probably a very busy time for you. Thank you very much, and uh, hopefully we can talk again soon. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Simon Pagino, the current points leader in the Verizon IndyCar Series and pole sitter for today's Iowa Corn 300. That's coming up at uh, 5 o'clock this afternoon on uh, NBCSN. And um, what an amazing season that man has had this year. Uh, just almost coming out of nowhere although when you you know you drive for team penske of course you know you're going to be a favorite in indycar but still uh, when uh, you've got will power and juan pablo montoya and elio castroneves uh, on your team um you, you're almost like the fourth wheel with an organization like that but he is uh you know all of a sudden jumped up here and is uh taking command of the series here in 2016 and he's got a you know 74 74 point advantage over his teammate elio castroneves uh, so far this season, and he's having a great year. And in fact, uh, Team Penske is the top three spots. <clears throat> excuse me, with Pagano, Castroneves, and Power, and then you've got Scott Dixon fourth, and uh, Joseph Newgarden, who we talked to, of course, when he was in Buffalo earlier this year. Uh, he is currently fifth in points. 
going into today's race at Iowa. But uh, a big thanks to the folks at IndyCar and, and also the folks at Watkins Glen that helped set up that interview with Simon Pagina. When we get back, we'll uh, keep it open wheel, but it'll be short track, dirt track style as we'll talk to Stuart Friesen from the Super Dirt Car Series. And he's also looking to make his uh, NASCAR Camper World Truck Series debut later this month at the Eldora Speedway. That's coming up next here on Fast Track on WGR. 11.32 here on WGR, Sports Radio 550, Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track. Phone lines are open here, 803-0551-888-550-2550. I have the uh, IMSO WeatherTech uh, sports car race from uh, actually just to the north of us up at uh, Mosport, Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. They're uh, once again uh, not far from us for the second straight weekend. And uh, just a uh, two-car prototype pileup just uh, happened in, in, uh, uh, on the screen here. And, hey, how about our guest, Christian Fittipaldi, picked up the win last weekend at the Salem Six Hours at the Glen. A little uh, fast-track luck there for Christian and uh, Joao Barbosa, who picked up the overall win last weekend. Maybe that'll uh, help Simon Pagano out today at Iowa. Uh, actually, it'll probably have nothing to do with the fact that he was on our show, but it'd be fun. It'd be cool to say for uh, two weeks in a row we've had a, a guest, a recent guest, go to Victory Lane. But uh, they are in action at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park right now, uh, with about two hours to go in the event up there at uh, Mostport. Speaking of other racing events going on around the around North America this weekend, or actually around the world this weekend, F1 was in action this morning, uh, the British Grand Prix at Silverstone, and Lewis Hamilton got Mercedes back to victory lane after their run-in uh, a week, or after he won last week after his run-in with teammate Nico Rosberg. Uh, this time they uh, kept it clean and swept with a 1-2 finish between Hamilton and Rosberg. Uh, the youngster Max Verstappen rounding out the podium for Red Bull Racing. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, Kimi Raikkonen rounding out the top five uh, this morning there. Uh, not a good day for the Haas cars. Um, Gutierrez was 16th and Grosjean dropped out of the race, uh, finished 19th. So not a good day for the U.S. F1 team. But uh seems like Mercedes in dominant form once again. NHRA this weekend, they are at Route 66 Raceway uh, near Chicago for the KN Nationals. Uh, Matt Hagen, the number one qualifier in Funny Car, Brittany Force in Top Fuel. Shane Gray, Pro Stock, your number one qualifier there, and Matt Smith in Pro Stock Motorcycle. Uh, their eliminations, I believe, get going uh, at the top of the hour. And a lot of chatter I saw this week on social media uh, concerning the Pro Stock category, and, and people are. Uh, whenever you get a dominant driver or a team of drivers, it seems to cause a lot of unrest no matter what form of motorsport it is. And there are a lot of people uh, not happy with the Pro Stock division, uh, Pro Stock class this year. It's been dominated by uh, Jason Line and Greg Anderson. Uh, the Summit cars have just put a whooping on the, on the rest of the field all season long. And uh, you combine that with the fact with the uh, changes NHRA made going into this year, we talked about it before, the hood scoops and electronic fuel ejection and everything and a lot of people are proclaiming that this is the that this is the death of the pro stock class and NHRA should just uh chuck it and and find a different class that uh people are are no longer interested in the pro stock class anymore at national events and uh just uh, just saw a couple of hints of that this this week on social media well I, I doubt NHRA is just going to ditch a long-standing class like that I did see a good response though and somebody went back and detailed uh, the history of the pro stock division, and this is just, a, or I keep saying division, it's class, not that it, it's 
splitting hairs, I guess. But uh, for the pro stock class and any national events throughout the years, it's been around uh, since the 1970s that this has been a class traditionally that's been dominated by guys. You go back to Bob Glidden and Warren Johnson, and just there have been drivers that have dominated pro stock throughout the years, and that uh, I, I can't remember the exact number, but only 60-some-odd people have won pro stock national events, and that's a much fewer, it's a much lo- less lower percentage than, say, Funny Car or Top Fuel or other national event divisions in NHRA, that it's just a traditionally, uh, a class that is traditionally dominated by one or two drivers at a time, and they kind of go on these dynasty runs, and, and right now it's it's Line and Anderson and the Summit Cars that are just kicking butt, but uh, I thought that was pretty interesting that there was a lot of back and forth about that on uh, on, on social media and on some blogs this week uh, that cover NHRA drag racing. Right now, though, let's go to the phones, the AT&T hotline, and joining us, driver that's had one hot week on the dirt, and that is driver of the Hallmark number 44, Stuart Friesen is on the line. Stu, what's going on, bud? You had a great week. Yeah, we really did. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. Uh, the action started Tuesday with a win at Accord, and then Wednesday you won at Albany, Saratoga, and Thursday Mohawk. Um, have you ever had a week like that where you just went out there, won three races in a row? I think one weekend, like your cousin James Michael, he had a weekend where he won, you know, Ransomville, Merrittville, and Humberstone. But uh, it's pretty amazing when you go won three series races like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. You know, we've had a had a good season so far. Um, you know, teaming with the Helmar organization and uh, you know everything we got going on was a little bit of a different change of pace this year. So we're running uh, a lot more races out of our shop. Um, you know, almost almost four times as much as what we've done in, in past. So um, we're working hard at it, and it's been um, you know it's been good. We've had 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 a couple wins along the line here, but uh, you know it hasn't been you know as as good as it has been in, in years past. You know, we're just still figuring stuff out. So um, you know, we started rolling here the last couple weeks, and and uh, you know got the cars running pretty good, and then to, to go out this week and, and run you know have a win with Brett Dayo's series at Accord, and then the two Super Dirt Car series. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday was was awesome. Just uh, you know, shows us all our, our hard hard work is paying off. Yeah. I uh, first I got to ask you about Accord. I've never been there. Uh, I've seen it uh, on video. What that's that's is that just like a little bull ring? That seems like a really tight racetrack. It could Accord could probably fit in the infield of of Humberstone. <laughs> uh, it's probably about you know three times the bank of Ransomville. So oh wow uh, to compare. So it's a high banked uh, little track, um, but very racy. Good you know it's always three grooves. Um, and it was good, actually. Uh, Eric Rudolph was there for the first time, and and uh, we passed him for the lead, and uh, you know he was getting the place figured out. And, uh, we had a good run, you know. We were able to hold off some of the guys that are, uh, you know, normally pretty fast down there. Danny Creed, and uh, you know the doctors, he's always fast everywhere. Um, you know he came through at the end, but it was uh, it was a good run for us. And then uh, you got the win at Albany, Saratoga by .08 seconds, I believe, was the margin of victory, and it was the Big Show 8, so that, that was a great connection. And I, I'm sure it's always got to feel good when you can go spoil Brett Hearn's race like that, one of your uh, closest rivals there on the Super Dirt Car Series. For sure, you know, the, you know Brett loves, you know, uh, uh, he does a great job with his promotion, but, you know, he loves winning his own promotion too. So uh, to get up there and, and you know, kind of spoil that, you know, we had a good run, got a good redraw. Um, you know, the track kind of got one lane, and uh, we just were lost in lap traffic there at the end, but it was uh, we, we just had enough. Uh, looking at the point standings in the Super Dirt Car Series, thanks to your two wins this week, you're now 28 back, your buddy Matt Shepard there. Uh, I don't know how much you look at the point standings during the year, but uh, it looks like it, with still a, you know two, three months left in the season, you guys, are, you guys and also Billy Decker and Tim Fuller right there, it's going to be a dogfight for the championship this season. Yeah, for sure, you know, to be, um, you know, to be grouped up with those guys, as we are right now, and, and you know, in that race with them is pretty cool. Um, you know, we've we've never really ran a series, 
Um, you know, full out, we've only usually hit about three quarters of the races. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, never made a full attack on it. So to have uh, to be doing the full attack and to be right there, you know, in the points hunt, um, you know, about a, a third of the way through it is is pretty cool. You know, we're just going to try to keep you know keep working hard and keep equipment fresh and. Um, you know, as, as we get through the grind here through the summer to the end of August, and uh, you know, see see how we uh, how we fare at the end of that, and then coming into the big races in September. You, you mentioned how you're running a lot of your own stuff this year and running out of your own shop. Uh, Matt's kind of doing the same thing after parting ways with HBR after last season. Do you guys talk a lot about just how much of a grueling season this has been compared to years past for you two guys? Yeah, it's um, it's tough. You know, the, it seems like the Super Dirt schedule. Um, came on us all at once. There was a couple of races earlier in the year, yeah. Um, you know, and where we were running a lot of the the short track super series, Brett Dayo series races, in you know, um, April, May, and then into the first part of June, um, and then you know, the end of June and, and now July, it's been like all super dirt car series, and we've been running you know two and three a week. So um, it's been busy. We had a had a rain out uh, last night, uh, so that was that was good. We were able to get some work done in the shop yesterday, <laughs> and then. You know, keep on it today. We're gonna. Uh, I'll meet up at the shop this afternoon and try to get ready for um, you know the three races we have this week at. Uh, oh, we're at Five Mile Point yep. Tuesday, um, and then Thursday Grandview yep. and our, our weekly races of Albany, Saratoga, and, and uh, Orange County on Friday and Saturday. You, you mentioned the weather, Stu, and you know at, rant, you're at the Big R. We haven't had a rain out since practice and qualifying night. We thought we might get one this past Friday, but got the show in. But on a hot, dry summer like this. There aren't many of those rainouts, as you said, and I'm sure that just makes things that much more tiring for everybody in the sport. It is, yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, were, Parker Mann likes it though; he likes <laughs> to hang out with him the last two days, so it's been pretty cool. Um, but excuse me, yeah, it's uh, it's tough when you don't have the rainouts, and, and usually, you know, you can't plan on that. So mm. you got to be ready to go either way. Um, and it's you know it's tough. We're, we're really fortunate to have good good help, good guys that can go racing with us. And, and Eric and Lauren and Ryan that have been with me the last couple of years, um, you know, are, are up for it for the summer. And um, you know the the equipment that Jeff Daly's given us and, and Halmar is you know kind of filled in the blanks this year mm-hmm. um, has been good to to keep everything going. So it's definitely tough when you look at you know a hundred race schedule. Um, but it's you know all the preparation we've done you know in, in January and February, you know getting everything together and uh, you know cars lined up so our, our super Dirt series car was sat in the shop you know looking brand new for the first couple months of the season and a couple of times we, we thought all right well we'll break break it out and run a couple of races uh you know on the weekends with it but uh you know at this point in the year we're glad we didn't you know because he, he it, it definitely gets enough racing once once the time comes around for it Stuart Friesen joining us here on wgr's fast tracks do you mention your 100 race schedule well i'm sure one of the biggest dates circled on this schedule is coming up wednesday july 20th when you will attempt to make your uh nascar camping world truck series debut on the dirt at eldora uh what are you more excited for though taking the big block to back to eldora or, or climbing in this truck well both uh you know it's going to be an, an awesome show uh for the big blocks to be showcased with it with the trucks is uh you know great for big block you know series racing uh we're, we're proud to be a part of that um, and then at the same time, this, this truck deal that we're doing with, with Halmar and, uh, and Billy Hess and um, the guys down south that are putting this truck together for us, we're, we're really excited about it. So, um, you know, we're, we'll see what we got. You know, it's going to be tough. We've got a, a, a motor coming out of the, the children's shop. Um, the truck is a, is a two-race-old uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports truck, so it should be good equipment. Um, you know, but we'll just kind of see, see what we got and then see how we fare once we get there. I, it's hard, obviously, to to get testing time, but will you get 
on any kind of dirt surface with that truck before you go to Eldora, or are you just going to jump behind the wheel once you get there in a couple of weeks? I'm going to try to uh, go to Tennessee on Wednesday in between uh, Five Mile Point and Grandview, uh, fly down to Tennessee and, and do a test down there. Um, there's a testing ban, actually, for the for the truck series, so you're not supposed to test, but we got right. um, approval due to, you know, I mean, like a rookie first-time deal. So yeah. um, we're approved for a rookie test on Wednesday, so we'll try to get down there, and hopefully the weather is good. And uh, we can get out there and make make some sort of laps, and you know, kind of kind of see what it is. Very good. Well, Stu, I, I was very excited to see that when that news came out a couple of weeks ago that you were going to be trying the truck race, and uh, gonna that's that that's always a fun event. I went to the first one; it was so fun to be there, and uh, I'll be looking forward to watching you. Hopefully, make the big show, and we look forward to seeing you back up here for uh, the Merrittville and, and of course the Summer Nationals at Ransomville in August. Best of luck, and uh, say hi to Parker for us. I hear him in the background there, and best of luck the rest of the season. Yeah, he's right here terrorizing the dog, so he, <laughs> he says hello. Uh, we'll see you see everybody in Western New York uh, first week of August. All right, take care, bud. All right, thanks, guys. Yep, Stuart Friesen from the Super Dirt Car Series, again, making, hoping to make his Truck Series debut on uh, July 20th at the Eldora Speedway, the dirt race at Eldora. You can't call it the Mud Summer Classic anymore because MLB doesn't like that, so it's just the dirt race at Eldora. But uh, he'll be there July 19th and 20th with the big block modifieds, and then uh, 20th he'll also attempt to make the Truck Series. And that, again, great scheduling for the Super Dirt Car Series, being able to be there with uh, a huge crowd like that to get the series some more exposure as of the the Super Dirt Car Series really kind of branched out this year, uh, went back to Williams Grove, uh, Grandview. You know, they they went a little bit farther this year than uh, running just uh, you know the traditional New York and Canadian tracks that it usually runs on, and tried to in Quebec up there. Um, they expanded a little bit, did a little bit more uh, touring, which I, I think is good, and I, you know to make it more of a uh, regional series, uh, spread it out farther in the Northeast region. And, of course, they'll be up this way August 1st and 2nd for the uh, Bob St. Amon Memorial at Merrittville and, of course, the Summer Nationals at the Big R on August the 2nd. Looking forward to that. Speaking of local racing, we've got more of it to come here in our final segment, the local racing roundup, plus still time for your phone calls too, 803-0550, when we wrap up Fast Track here on WGR. Hey, race fans, it's Dave Buchanan for my friends at Batavia Downs. Batavia Downs Gaming is the Aries' premier entertainment destination, and it looks even better since they've renovated the front entrance there at Batavia Downs, and the gaming floor is just outstanding, and as you make your way around the gaming floor there at Batavia Downs, check out all the cool gaming machines that they have that are related to movie and TV and, and musicians like Family Guy, Hangover, Titanic, Michael Jackson, ZZ Top, Wheel of Fortune, all tons of fun games they have at Batavia Downs Gaming. And while you're there, stop into 34 Rushed. Of course, that is Thurman Thomas's sports bar right inside Batavia Downs. Check out the great sports memorabilia from Thurman's playing days, his Hall of Fame jacket. It's all there inside 34 Rush. Grab a bite to eat, have a beverage at the bar, and check out all the amazing HD TVs with all your favorite sports on display, uh, baseball, uh, tennis, the, the summer games coming up, racing, of course, and horse racing, too, all on the TVs there inside 34 Rush. Also stop by Fortune's Italian Restaurant. They've got fine Italian cuisine and some delicious pasta dishes, too, right inside Batavia Downs. Batavia Downs Gaming is open daily, 8 a.m. till 4 a.m. off through exit 48 right in Batavia. And for more information, be sure to follow Batavia Downs Gaming on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date info on all promotions and discover why Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination and tell them you heard about them right here on Fast Track.
Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. Well, with the hit-or-miss thunderstorms and rainstorms that have been in our area the last couple of days, the racing results are kind of hit-or-miss because a few tracks got rained out this weekend, including uh, Friday night racing got rained out at uh, Freedom Raceway, also Lancaster National Dragway. Uh, rained out. Coming up this weekend at Lancaster, they've got the Nitro Night of Fire on Friday, and Stock Car Racing resumes this Saturday night, July 16th, with Retro Night, Full Cart of Racing, plus a live uh, Kiss Tribute Band after the races this Saturday at Lancaster. Uh, one track that did get it in on Friday, though, the Big R, Ranceville Speedway. Eric Rudolph back to victory lane in the 358 Modifieds over Jeff McGinnis and Tommy Flanagan. Austin Soucy got his first career sportsman win. Jaron Israel in the street stocks. Anthony Guthrie in the four bangers. And Andrew Spurback got his first uh, novice sportsman win at the Big R. Saturday night action, they got rained out at the Merrittville Speedway, but one track that did get in was Holland last night for the Holland Hills 100 uh, for the Race of Champions Modified Series, and who else but Patrick Emerling got win number four on the year, pass, uh, chasing down and passing Jimmy Zacharias for the win. Zacharias held on for second. Andy Jankowiak was third. George Score the third was fourth. And Mike Leedy rounded out the top five at Holland. Chargers went to Tom Northam. Michelle Maltby got the win in the Hornets. And another TQ Midget win for Dave Wallaber. Genesee Speedway was also back in action last night. And in the crate late models, it was Brad Messler going in for the win. Kyle Inman got the win in the Sportsman over Brian Bellinger and Greg Majewka. Tommy Kemp in the 360 late models. Butch Zimmerman in the street stocks. Bill Weller Jr. in the mini stocks. And Eddie Kowalczyk got the win in the Bandits. Uh, that's about it for the results from this weekend. Uh, again, some rain uh, took out some tracks in the area. Uh, should be a great night, though, to check out some Sunday night racing, including at the uh, Humberstone Speedway. They've got a full card of racing coming up. Tonight, there in Port Colborne at 6.30, uh, including uh, vintage cars joining the regular five-division program. And a shout-out, uh, last week, Joey Mastriani got his first career sportsman win at Humberstone last Sunday night, so congrats to Joey on that. You know, he's been running there for uh, quite a few seasons, and glad to see finally him uh, break through for a win. Uh, Rob Pitts got the win in the late models last Sunday. Rob Murray in the street stocks. Uh, Danny Worcester in the Pro 4 trucks. Jay Moulton got the win in the mini stocks last weekend at the Humberstone Speedway. A lot of talk, and I didn't get a chance to ask Stuart Friesen about this, but a lot of talk with the future of uh, Super Dirt Week, of course, and uh, changes to the Super Dirt Car Series schedule that were announced this week. Uh, the Central New York Raceway Park that is supposedly being built o over in Central New York um, near the Brewerton Speedway uh, was supposed to be the home of a Super Dirt Car Series race on Labor Day Monday. That has now been moved to the Weed Sports Speedway. And it continues to be a giant question mark whether or not Central New York Raceway Park will be ready to host Super Dirt Week come October. And if they can't do it, uh, it is likely going to get moved to the Oswego Speedway. That has been kind of the plan B uh, throughout this uh, process that has happened ever since the New York State Fairgrounds, were, uh, the racetrack was closed uh taken out because they, they tore down the grandstands and have built over where the Moody Mile used to be. And uh, they were started to build the racetrack, the Central New York Raceway Park, but building has halted for some various reasons that I won't get into. Um, but now, uh, if they're not ready for Super Dirt Week, and it sounds like a decision could be coming at some point within the next couple of weeks that they might move it to Oswego Speedway, and they'll throw some clay down there on the 5-8 mile uh, asphalt oval there in Oswego to host Super Dirt Week. One of the reasons why Oswego, because uh, they've got the 
not only do they have a racetrack, um, but they've got plenty of grandstands for a big event like Super Dirt Week. They also have room to hold all the campers that love to come uh, for Super Dirt Week. That They also used to be at the fairgrounds. Uh, Oswego is probably the next biggest race uh, short track in the area that has enough property to really host a lot of the campers that come for that event. Um, so that's why that was it was chosen. And uh, we'll see, uh, probably getting get get a decision on that, I'm assuming, very soon. It seems uh, with these schedule changes with uh, the Labor Day race at Central New York Raceway Park, with that being taken off the schedule, it seems like the next logical step will be uh, the official announcement that Super Dirt Week will be at Oswego or somewhere else that might we might not be aware of. But it, it sounds like that Oswego would be the leading candidate to take its place. We'll have more on that in the coming weeks. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next Sunday uh, with uh, the IndyCar Series up in Toronto and NASCAR at New Hampshire next, week, next weekend. Hopefully you tune in then. Thanks for listening uh, to Fast Track here on WGR. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.